Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Over your emotions and over your day, over your family. My God bless you, Aaron, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, y'all come on in. Everyone, all right? Come on, y'all. My God. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. We thank you that you are so intentional. Good morning, Dorothy. Good morning. We thank you that you are so intentional. Thank you for the intentional God you are. Thank you for the merciful God you are. Thank you for the peaceful God you are. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Monique. Good morning, Meredith. Meredith. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning, Serena. Ah, thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning, John. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Marie. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Jeanette. Good morning, Yara. Good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We bless you, praise you, and magnify you. We glorify you, my God. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, y'all. Lift up the name of Jesus. We bless you. We thank you, Holy One. 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 We thank you, we thank you, thank you. Father God, we pray, Father, right now for those that are missing amongst us, like our sisters and brothers, Lord God, that have fallen away from the fold, our sisters and brothers, Father God, that have gotten offended, Father God, our sisters and brothers, Lord God, that have walked away from even the devotional, Lord God, we lift them up. We cover them in the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. We thank you, Lord God, that you are opening the eyes of their understanding to the hope of who you call them to be in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for revelation knowledge coming to them today. Lord God, that, that, that you are searching their heart and as you search their heart, Lord God, that they are being changed and transformed. We thank you, Father God, that you are removing from them a stony heart, my God, and giving them a heart of flesh. And we thank you, Lord God, that we're open to receive them back, Lord God, that we don't ostracize, that we don't shun them, Lord God, that just like the prodigal father did with his son, Lord God, that we are open to receive them today, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for pulling them out of difficult places. I thank you, Lord God, for pulling them out of traps. I thank you, Lord God, for pulling them out of unforeseen situations. I thank you, Lord God, for pulling them out of relationships that do not honor you. In Jesus' name. Now, we're going to do something and then we're going to get in the devotional. We're still talking about March for your glory. If this is your first time being on here today, we welcome you. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha, right? Um, um, we are a community of believers growing in grace in Jesus Christ. And we are here to learn how to apply the word of God to our lives. And sometimes we do hard things. But this morning, I want to pause. I was praying this morning, and I want us to pause for just a moment and ask the Lord to search our hearts. We need to make sure that in this season that we are caught up in the counsel of God. Somebody put that in your comments today. I got to be caught up in the counsel of God. Can I make sure I cannot afford to be caught up in the counsel of myself? I cannot afford to be caught up in the counsel of my feelings. I cannot afford to be caught up in the counsel of my emotions. I have to be caught up in the counsel of, I got to be caught in the counsel of God in order for me to be kept. Like David was caught up in the counsel of God. Paul was caught up in the counsel of God. In order for me to become caught up in the counsel of God, oh my God, I've got to center my heart so that the Lord can search out the deep things of my heart. Oh my God. And I've got to give him permission. You got to listen. I got to give him permission to search the deep things of my heart. Oh my God. I got to give him permission to search the deep things of my heart, right? Um, our motives, come on now, y'all. We got to listen. Our motives reveal who we are living for and the things we care about. Oh my God. Ooh, ooh. I'm going to say that one more time. Our motives, our motives reveal who we are living for and the things we care about. That's what's going to reveal our motives, right? What we do, our motives reveal that. You want to know what a motive is? Y'all know how I am. I, I like to give out definitions, right? A motive is our reason for doing something, right? Especially one that may be hidden or not obvious. You may have hidden and not have obvious motives and not even know it. Oh my God. You may have be hidden. You may have motives that are not obvious. You may have reasons that you do things that are not obvious, that are not even obvious. 
um, I was talking to um, Josiah. We were just sharing, sharing back and forth about some different things. And it was he was he shared something that was powerful. He said, "Mommy, you can be spiritual and have made that legalistic." And I was like, "Oh, Joe, that's powerful." He said, "You can be spiritual and have made that so legalistic." That you're not moving really when the spirit moves. You're not really count up in the counsel of God the way that you're supposed to. You're not relaxing. You're not having fun. So I've got to become so caught up in the counsel of God. But in order for me to become count, caught up in the counsel of God, right? You don't even know. Can I just be real? You don't even know how to have a plain, regular conversation without turning it into something so deep and so spiritual. Oh my God, my like you don't you don't like just even a regular conversation. You don't even know how to do that without turning that into something so deep and so spiritual. My God, let me say here one more time. You don't even know how to have a regular conversation without turning it into something so deep and so spiritual. So we gotta become caught up in the counsel of God, and how we come be caught become caught up in the counsel of God is that we deal with the motives of our heart because what will tend to happen to us, our heart only goes as far as our motives. Oh my God, thank you for sharing, Patsy Tyson. Our heart only goes as far as our motives. And remember what I just told you. I feel you, Holy Spirit, on this. A motive is our reason for doing things. And sometimes those motives are hidden and sometimes those motives are obvious. Sometimes we don't even recognize that we have those motives, right? We don't even recognize that we have these. We don't even really know we have these motives. So the only person that can reveal to us what and who those motives are, right? What and who those motives are, are God. We should have taken communion together after this. But you can go take communion after this, right? And I'm going to admonish you to take care because I know God is going to reveal something to you um, that's in your heart, right? Oh, my God. And this is personal. This is so per Like, this is so personal. This is so personal. So I have to check my motives at the door all the time. I have to check my reasoning. Um, perfect example. I, I, when I was in pursuit of my PhD, right? When I was in pursuit of my PhD, God had to bring me back to a why for my PhD. And my why, whether it was God or not, right? My why was because I felt like I had to have something behind my name to signify my 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 who I was like I had to have a title to feel important that was one of my motives the other motives my, my the other motive was that I thought that I couldn't um do what I needed to do without God like I thought that my degrees and all of these things were the things that were going to open up doors for me that these doors could not be open without my degrees and then my third reason why was I was trying to prove something to somebody I'm just gonna tell you I was trying to prove something to somebody I was trying to prove that I was worthy I was trying to prove like I was trying to prove something to someone and when God began to really search the deep things of my heart, and I didn't even know those things were there. I didn't even know that there were statements. Come on, Holy Spirit, you rock this thing this morning. You rock this thing this morning. You come on in this thing, and you rock this thing this morning. I did not even realize those motives that were there started with words or had been affirmed by words, right? Things like, I'm going to show, I'm going to show them or things like, um, they, they're going to know who I am. Like I didn't realize that my motives had been demonstrated in my words. And so when God began to really search my heart and show me in my heart that part of what, part of the reason that I was doing um, some of the things that I was doing was because I had hidden motives. I had thoughts towards people. I had things that I was trying to focus on. I was looking for proof um, that I was successful in my doing. I was not settled and affirmed with just that God was enough. Now, that don't mean if the Lord places on your heart that you need to be a marriage and family therapist, baby, you're going to have to go get the education, right? You're going to have to go get what you need if you want to be certified. Not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things. But what I'm saying is you got to allow God to search 
the motives. You got to allow him to search your motives behind your giving. You got to learn how to search your motives behind your relationships, behind your friendships. And I feel so strong in that today that before we move forward, before we really understand how we'll march, because we'll taint up, taint the marking by motives. Oh my God. I'm trying not to. Oh my God. We'll taint the markings by motives. We'll taint the purity of who God called us to be. We'll taint the purity of his love. We'll taint the purity of what he has said about us. We'll not come into the realization that he is enough. And if you want to take communion after this, you still got enough time to go run and get your communion elements. You can get some bread. You can get some water if you want to take communion after this. Because I think that this is a communion worthy element and moment um, for you. You can pause if you got something. If you don't, you can mentally take communion and take communion earlier. But we really want to allow God to search the deep things in our hearts this morning to make sure that there are no hidden motives. Because can I tell you something? It, when 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 the spirit of the Lord is brooding over you and you're walking in the counsel of God um, and you're walking in the counsel of the Holy Spirit, then the fruit is going to be evident and you're not going to have partial fruit. Ooh, come on, y'all. You're not going to have partial fruit. And before we advance into the next stage, into the next level of revelation, into the next place of who God called us to be, I think it's so important that we check our motives right here at the door. Somebody put that in the comments today. I got to check my motives at the door. Like I got to, right before I walk into, you know, we've been praying, Lord, oh my God, Lord, um, Lord, um, you know, you know, open up doors for me, set me at new tables, da 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 da, -da. No, I got to check the motives of my heart. I got to check my whys. Can I, cause, can I tell you something? If something shifts and your motives are pure, you don't change your position. I'm, I can't, I'm finna run. <laughs> Up in a run. If something shifts and your motives are pure, you don't change your of offense. Oh, come on, I'm gonna give you some scripture to back this up. Offense, offense won't move you, baby. Offense. I'm gonna say it one more time. If my motives are pure, when my motives are pure, my God, there's nothing. There's nothing that will move you. Offense, somebody doing something to you will not move you. It will not change your direction. It's not going to change your love when my motives are pure, when there are no other hidden motives but to do the will of the Father. There will be nothing that moves me, that shifts me, or changes my position. Oh, that's so good. There's nothing that's going to... There's nothing that's going to move me that's going to shift me or change my position. There's nothing that's going to make me second question or guess who I am in God. There's nothing that's going to make me second guess or question whether I belong in the marriage. There's nothing that's going to second get, make me second guess and question whether or not I belong in the ministry. See, anytime you want to disconnect from something because of offense, Come on now. Anytime you want to disconnect from something because something was said that you don't like, you got to come back and check your motives. You got to come back and check. Anytime you want to, well, you know, I've just outgrown. We got to watch them. Stay. I just got, I just outgrown. I just outgrown. You don't know if you outgrown something until the Lord reveals to you you've outgrown something. You don't know if you're supposed to move from a place until the Lord tell you move from a place. The Lord has been dealing with us about being planted, right? Well, no, the Lord has been dealing with us about not being moved. So I got to deal with my motives behind everything that I do. I got to deal with the purity of my heart behind everything that I do. My God, I got to deal, deal with it and I got to deal with it now because if I don't deal with it now, can I, can I, share, can I just share with you? I'll forever be shifting. I'll forever be shifting. And then when I get to the next place, this could be a job. This could be a marriage. This could be a relationship. This could be a prayer group. This could be just um, some simplicity. Like just for real, I'll forever be shifting. If you've ever found yourself in a place where you're consistently running from place to place or friend group to friend group or uh, ministry to ministry, my God, my God. God, thank you, Lord God. I will forever be shifting, trying to attach myself to something else. Come on now, that makes me feel important or trying to attach myself to something else 
to something else or can I can I be real and can I be real as in a relationship like oh as a woman or a man I will be at forever shifting into a new relationship with someone trying to find and look for those things to fill me up because I'm not steadfast in God's love so I gotta allow God to search my heart I gotta allow God to search the deep things of my heart. I gotta allow God to show me the hidden motives behind what's my why, Lord? Oh, come on now. Let, let what's my why, Lord? What's my what's my why? Because the other thing behind that is I won't move when God tells me to move if my motives, woo, come on, y'all, if my motives are not right. Or if my motives are my motives and they do not line up with his will and his desire. So let me give you some scriptures to back this up. Lord, I thank you for purifying our hearts today, Lord God. I thank you for searching the deep things of our hearts, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that you judge the intents of our hearts. Oh, my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalms 139 and 24, search me, God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Why am I anxious? My God, see if there is any offensive way in me. Ooh, my God, I surrender to you this morning. See if there is any offensive way in me. Not any offensive way. We mean, it's so easy for us to look at others Lord, see if there's any offensive. I feel a breaking. I feel a renewing. Oh, Lord, I thank you that you are dealing with mistrust this morning. Every place that mistrust has come in, mistrust for ministry, mistrust for marriage, mistrust for relationships, any place that you have, there has been mistrust where mistrust has been overwhelming. I thank you, Lord God, that you are driving out mistrust. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we drive out mistrust. And as I'm praying the word over you and praying the scriptures over you, there may be things that are revealed in your spirit for you that you got to deal with in you, not in nobody else. Lord, let me take my mind off everybody else this morning. I drive out the spirit of confusion right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We will not be confused about our ministerial science. We will not be confused about those people that... You have assigned us to, Lord God. My God, we drive out confusion right now. So Psalms 139, 23, 24, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is in any offensive way in me. Lord, see if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, lead me in a way. Lead me, lead me in an everlasting way. I don't want to be in any other way, Lord God, but a way that's everlasting, a way that is beneficial, a way that is pleasing to you, Lord God. My God, I thank you, Lord God, that you know the intent of my heart, Lord God. You know the intent of my heart. You know the motives of my heart, Lord God. Let me put my confidence and my trust in you, Lord God. Your word says, Father God, that you look at my heart. Oh, my God. The word says that you judge my heart, Lord God. That you search my heart, Lord God. Lord God, this morning I need you to search my heart, Lord God. My Hebrews 4 and 13 says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. We give account to God. Ooh, we give account to God. So open your heart up to the surgeon this morning and give account to him. And don't move. When the Holy Spirit flushes something up and reveals something to you, I don't care how painful it is. Ooh, you don't move. So God sees absolutely everything. There is nothing hidden from God. And even when you try to hide yourself from man or hide yourself from God, God sees them all. Can I tell you something? Even if you feel misunderstood. Ooh, come on, y'all. My God. Father God, often there are many of us on here that have felt misunderstood. Even if we feel misunderstood, Lord God, we have nothing, my God, 
There is nothing we need to prove to others. There is no way we need to compromise ourselves so that we can be understood. Father God revealed to us today that there is danger in comparison. Woo, my God. The danger of comparison has kept us from being in healthy relationships. The danger of comparison has kept us from walking with godly counsel. The danger of comparison has kept us from being planted in the right spiritual places, Lord God. The danger of comparison has kept us, Father God, from connecting to the right people. The danger of comparison has confused us, Lord God. It has overwhelmed us. Lord God, forgive us for walking in comparison. Forgive us, Father God. My God, and the root of this comparison has really come from being misunderstood. Ooh, my God. See, when you feel like you're misunderstood, then you'll start comparing yourself to everybody else around you. And then either you're going you're gonna to stray into something real strange or you're going to stray into a position where you compromise yourself. When I, when I live in a danger of comparison, I will not properly connect myself in the right relationships because I will not feel like I'm worthy enough to walk with the people that God is calling me to walk with. Come on, Holy Spirit. And I'll stay connected to people who don't mean me any good or I'll stay connected to people who are on the wide path because it feels more comfortable, right? The danger of comparison because I'm misunderstood can translate into a place that makes me feel unworthy. Oh my God. My God, God knows he gets you. He understands you. He knows more about you than anything else. The danger of comparison, what it'll begin to do is it'll push me in a place of always trying to have to prove myself or always trying to think doing, doing is what confirms me. Doing is what brings me into the place. You are known by God. Will you put that in the comments today? I am known by God. That's how you take back the power of the enemy. Confess that over yourself. I am known by God. I am known by God. Oh, I am known by God. I am not misunderstood by God. Oh, my God. I am known by God. Does not matter who does not get me. Does not matter who understands me. I am known by God. So God searched the search me. You know me. You created me. Oh my God. You know me. You created me. You know me. So can I tell you something? This also puts you in a position or a place where you don't have to heal alone. Ooh. You don't have to heal by yourself. You don't have to heal. Why? Because God is with you and Jesus will give you holiness. You don't have to withdraw. You don't have to become isolated. See, offense will pull you into a place of isolation. Offense will withdraw. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to make stuff up. You don't have to become somebody you're not. You don't have to turn tricks or perform um, to be connected to people. You don't have to spiritually pretend you're in a certain place that you're really not. You don't have to hide your struggles. You don't have to hide your insecurities. You don't have to hide your fear. Why? Because you know by God. You know by God. Even your temptations. Even your mistakes. Oh my God. That, that stuff isn't concealed by God. Come on, Holy Spirit, you're breaking up the fallow ground today. You are, you, you, that stuff doesn't have to be concealed by God. That stuff not concealed. The mistakes you made, the thoughts you have, the fears you have, the insecurity you have. My God, that stuff, that stuff isn't hidden by God. So if I, that stuff isn't hidden by God, oh, can I tell you something? Like all my life, I used to feel like I was misunderstood because I was so different. Right? I was so different. And I went through so many transformations until I began to really find, come on now, that I really began to find who I was. And when I began to find who I was, it was because of the joy of the Lord was really becoming my strength. The joy of the Lord was really transforming me. The Holy Spirit who knew me. Oh my God. Come on, y'all. The Holy Spirit that who knew me. The Holy Spirit who knows me. The more time that I begin to spend in the presence of God, the more time I begin to let God search the motives of my heart. The Holy Spirit who knows me, the Holy Spirit who knows me, begin to get inside of me and work things out of my heart and show me things in my life 
that did not line up with God's perfect will. But I had to come to the revelation and understanding of knowing that I'm really known by God. That all my insecurity, all my fear, all my mistakes, I had become so hardened. And I was so mean. And I was so gruff. But can I tell you what? That was my defense. Because I was always living offended. Oh my God. That was my defense because I was always living offended. That was my defense because I was tired of being bullied. That was my defense because I was tired of walking in hurt, right? And because I didn't know who I was, that defense was being built up inside of me. And I thought it was a part of my nature. And I thought it was a part of my personality. And I thought it was a part of, it, of who God designed me to be. And then I learned how important meekness was to the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody say, search me, Lord. Then I learned how important meekness was to the kingdom of God. Then I learned how important meekness was to the kingdom of God. Come on now. Meekness was. I learned how meekness was. What How important meekness was to the kingdom of God. Oh, my God. My God. Let me give you a few scriptures on meekness. One, Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Come on now, take my take my yoke upon me and learn of me. When I when I take my yoke upon God and I'm learning of God, then I understand that meekness is not weakness. I understand that meekness is the way of the kingdom. Come on now, Matthew five and five. Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are the gentle. Ooh, come on now, Lord, deal with us this morning. Blessed are the gentle. For they gonna inherit the earth. They're gonna inherit the earth. If we're supposed to subdue and rule the earth, if we're supposed to inherit the earth, we've already got the kingdom. Ooh, come on, Lord. We've already got the kingdom. We've already got the kingdom. I've, I've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I've already advanced. I'm already in the kingdom. But I'm supposed to be inheriting the earth. How I inherit the earth. How I gather more. How I come into kingdom. How I rule and subdue in my area. Ooh, my God. How I conquer. How I overcome. Oh my God. It's not about gruffness. It's not about force. It's not about violence. It's about my meekness. Come on now. Come on, Lord. Ooh, thank you, Lord. It's about my meekness. You know what that tells me? That means I'm being led by God. When we're meek, it's an attitude or a quality of the heart. Means I'm not going to resist the word of God. I'm not going to resist God's desire. I'm not going to resist God's will. Will I'm going to submit. I'm going to submerge myself to what the word says. There's going to be a gentleness about me. Come on now. Ooh, Zephaniah 2 and 3 says, seek the Lord, all you who humble of the earth, who carried out his ordinance, seek righteousness, seek humility. Come on now. Perhaps you will be hidden. We got to seek out meekness. We got to seek out righteousness. We got to seek out humility. Proverbs 16 and 19 says, it's better to be humble in spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil and be proud. First Peter 3 and 4, but let it be hid the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality. I got to have an imperishable quality of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of the Lord. Oh my God. There's something about being meek. There's something about being gentle. Psalms 37 11. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. So then I got to check my hardness at the door. Why am I so hard? Why am I so gruff? Why am I so judgmental? Why am I so haughty? Oh my God. I got to I gotta check it at the door. I got to come in, Lord, check my heart. Why am I so spiritually minded? Why am I? Come on now. My God, he says, because this is the humble here again, the humble. We've been trying to, I'm going to possess the territory. I'm going to take more land for you, God. I'm going to do more for you. But ain't no gentleness. Ain't no meekness going on. And the Lord has simply said, the gentle, the humble, that's going to inherit the earth. That's, that's what's going to pull people in. Sweet words. Ooh. 
say sweet words. Oh my God. Lord God, we abandon our tell it like it is nature at the door. Proverbs 16 and 24 says, the heart of the wise, let's 323. The heart of the wise man instructs his mouth. Ooh, come on now. The heart of the wise man, the heart of the wise woman, the heart of the wise husband, the heart of the wise mother, the heart of the wise boss, the heart of the wise employee, the heart of the wise neighbor. Ooh, come on, Holy Spirit. The heart of the wise. The heart of the wise man instructs his mouth and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Oh, my God. My God. So it's my job to instruct my mouth through the word of the God. He says pleasant words. Somebody said, come on now. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. I used to be, well, this is my personality. This is my, this is my personality. This is, it wasn't even my personality. I can't even hurt somebody right now if I wanted to. Like if I wanted to hurt somebody right now, if I wanted to be gruff, if I wanted to be swift with my words, if I wanted to be sarcastic, when the Lord began to deal with my heart, I cannot, if I wanted to be, tell it like it is, I can't even do it. I can't even do it because my tongue is the tongue of the learned. There are some times that I want to say something that I can't even say absolutely anything because the Holy Spirit is like, I, 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 I. that's not your place, but that's a choice and a decision. My God, to allow our words to be changed. So it says pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. 25th verse, come on now. There's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in the way of death. I hear you, Holy Spirit. We've been killing our relationships with our words, even thinking that they're spiritual words. But ain't no gentleness, ain't no meekness, ain't no humility. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Forgive me for speaking out of turn. Forgive me for saying things when I shouldn't have said anything. Let my spirit be gentle. Let my spirit be meek. Let my spirit be humble. Let my spirit be lowly. Oh, my God. Let my words be few. In Jesus' name, amen. It says there's a way that seems right to the man, but it, it its end is the way of death. There's a path before each person, but seems right. Proverbs 12 and 15 says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to counsel. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Proverbs 14 and 12 says there's a way of a right man, but it, but it ends and its way is death. Oh, my God. Can I tell you something? My hunger towards being right, my hunger towards being seen, my hunger, my hunger towards I want to be the person that had been delivered the message, my hunger towards wanting to be the one that told you this ooh, will drive me in a place or drive death into the relationship. Lord, we've been killing our relationship with the wrong words. We've been killing our relationship with the wrong motives. We've been killing our relationship, Father God, by not receiving the instructions we need from you, Lord God. Let our words be few. So I want to pause for just a minute. I want to pause for a minute. And I just want to let, uh, I just want to let the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. And then we're going to close this out of prayer. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Reveal to us the things in our hearts that do not like you. Search the motives of our heart. My God, search the motives of our heart, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for searching the motives of our heart. For our ways are not your ways. Your thoughts are higher. Your thoughts are higher, Lord God. Your thoughts are higher, my God. Now search our heart. Now just get quiet for just a second. And just let him speak to you. Reveal to us anything, Lord God. 
Lord, season my words. <laughs> Let us not be rushed. Let us not lean into our own understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! My God, everything that I've ever hidden. Can I tell you something? If we hide it from others, we're probably hiding it from God. Like, he knows it, but if it's things that we're not comfortable with, for real, like if there are things that we're not comfortable with, right, then we've probably hidden those. If those are things that are off limits to, to discuss and to talk about, if I'm easily offended when those are brought up in sermons and messages, those are probably things that I need to deal with. And then as the Holy Spirit reveals them to me, humility comes in you correcting them. Humility comes in you correcting them. You have the authority to correct. You have to humble yourself. You have to correct yourself. You have to choose wise words. So if I'm still struggling in a particular area, then I need to chew on more word in that area. For maybe a couple years, still to this day, I had to say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. <laughs> I had to, I did my mouth, I had to put the word on my mouth. And the more that I begin to put the word in my mouth towards my words, it begins to follow my heart. It's not a magically disappear. He'll sever the cord through the word. Like he severed the cord. He's cut. You have the strength. You have the grace to overcome this. Now you have to make the decision to walk in wise words. So when the Holy Spirit is tapping you, t -t -t don't say that. Thank say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Then I don't say that. I don't resist or grieve the Holy Spirit. And then if there are areas I'm still struggling, my mouth's still loose, then I'm going to have to put more word in me because the word becomes the guardrail for my mouth. The word becomes the guardrail for my thoughts. The word becomes the guardrail for my attitude because there again, if I'm walking in the spirit and not according for the of the flesh, the, the fruit should be evident. Well, we are human. I hear you. <laughs> we are. But the Spirit will always tap on you where your flesh is willing. Let me say that one more time. The Spirit will always tap on you where your flesh is willing. If your flesh is not willing, it's difficult for the Spirit to tap on you because you've already built up resistance in that area in your heart. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy right there. That's that's heavy. That's heavy. Ooh, that's heavy. So if my flesh not willing, the spirit can't guard be the guardrail. The word can't be the guardrail. Ooh, that's deep. Ooh, that's heavy. Ooh, Father God, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for transforming us in word. Now, after you've repented, this is a per perfect time for you to take uh for you to take communion. If you have communion. I already did. Yeah, it's a perfect time for you to take take communion. Um, two things, and then we're gonna do our confession. If the Lord places it on your heart to partner to give a gift to this ministry, go over to the website LakeishaMJohnson.com. You can give there. You can cash app us dollar sign L M J M I N I S T R Y. You can go over to the website, find out all you need to find out about the ministry, how your resources go back into our community. Don't forget this weekend. We have Feed the Streets. Um, this Saturday, we'll be taking over Pine Bluff and giving out turkey boxes and food in Pine Bluff. We're super excited about that. Um, the second thing is if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, do me a favor. This is your moment. This is how the Word becomes your guardrail. Jesus, I know Jesus is real because I was a hot mess. I can tell people all the time I know Jesus is real because I was a hot, I was horrible. I was, and the only way that I'm better is because of Jesus. Like the only way, people be like, how do you know I'm Jesus real? Because I know where I was. I know how hardened I was. I know how trifling I was. I know how I had no respect for others. I know how I was loose with my tongue. The only way I can be transformed into who I am, I am now is because of Jesus. It's nothing else. 
It's nothing else. And when I made the decision to make my big chest, and I came back, and I got baptized when I was 27, and I accepted. Like, I had to do a fresh start because I didn't understand what I had did. It. <clears throat> if the Lord is placing it on your heart to pray this prayer, pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm in need of a Savior. I'm asking you to come into my heart to take away my sins. I promise to love and follow you best I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, send us an email, info at justbeinglmj.com. And can I tell you something? At 27, I'm talking about a preacher's kid, been in church all my life, I realized I really wasn't saved. I wasn't. I really didn't really know Jesus. I was going to church. I was doing religious things. But I really wasn't saved. And the Lord had to show me that. And at the point of 27, when I went in the water and came back out, conversion started happening. A different conversion. And, and then I got introduced and filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Because we received the Holy Spirit in Jesus. But I got really introduced to the Holy Spirit. I did not know the Holy Spirit. And then I got married. When I got married and I married my husband, he introduced me to the Holy Spirit. Like he really introduced me to the Holy Spirit. And then when I began to really understand the power, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, and I really began to allow him to have room in my life, I began to grow from glory to glory and grace to grace because Jesus is so real. But it happens in layers. It happens in parts. It doesn't happen all at one time. And the more you come into the presence of him, the more you'll see and find out who you are in Jesus Christ. I thought I knew so much. I understand more and more now that I know nothing. <laughs> I understand more and more now that I, my heart was prideful and hardened and haughty in what I thought I needed that I thought I knew about the Lord. And now I've understood that is not the way to the Father. Humility is the way I learn more about the Lord. Me humbling myself under the mighty hand of God. So, Lord, place on your heart to give too. Um, don't forget to get registered for Pillow Talk. If you know you're supposed to be at Pillow Talk, get ready. Those spots are almost gone. Remember, only 25 people in, in person, only 35 people online. I don't know. Go get registered. Email us for your partner gets discount. Go and get registered now. Go and get registered this weekend. I'm prophesying. I'm after this weekend, we're not going to have no spots left. I'm just sorry. We're not going to have no spots left. After this weekend, it's going to be filled up. If you want to know what Pillow Talk is, go over to the ministry website. It will change your life. All the resources for Pillow Talk go back into the ministry. But there are strategies, steps. Empower that's relief on campus. You get food, you get a journal, you get coffee mugs. It's close to my birthday, so I always have giveaways and gifts. So go get registered for Pillow Talk. It won't want the dollars you invest in Pillow Talk. It'll be, I promise you, it'll be, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed to do. Woo! Come on now, let's do our confession of favor. In the name of Jesus, I'm the righteousness of God. Therefore, I'm entitled to covenant kindness and covenant favor. The favor of God is among the righteous. The favor of God surrounds the righteous. Therefore, it surrounds me everywhere I go and in everything I do. I expect the favor of God to be in full manifestation of my life. Never again will I be without the favor of God. It rests richly on me, upon me. It profusely abounds in me. I'm part of a generation that is experiencing God's Thank you for saying that, Vanessa. God's favor immeasurably and limitlessly and surpassingly. Therefore, favor produces supernatural increase, promotion, restoration, honor, increased assets, greater victories, recognition, prominence, preferential treatment, petitions granted, policies and rules changed, and battles won, which we do not have to fight. The favor of God is on me. It goes before me. Therefore, my life will never be the same. This is the time of God's favor in my life. That is the favor of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your favor and we thank you for your power. Let me share this testimony. 
this Saturday. Um, as I preach, you are anointed to do hard things. I probably see, received one of the most powerful testimonies after Saturday. And a woman of God inboxed me and she said, uh, because of your word, I know that I am anointed to do hard things. And I will not give up on my marriage. I know that I'm anointed to do hard things and I will not give up on my marriage. So I called my attorney and I said, I don't want a divorce. That is the power of God. That is the transforming power of God. God spoke to her heart through the word. She said, I'm anointed. I have the grace of Jesus with me to get me through this. That's the testimony of the word of God that went forth. That's how amazing God is. That's how overwhelming God is. He will send you a word that will transform your life, that will pull on your heart, that will give you the power you need, my God, to keep going on. Woo! My God. Lord, we thank you for transforming words in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I love you. God loves you. I love you. God loves you. I love you. God loves you so, so much more. Do me a favor. Go be loved today. Go be loved today. Let the power of God be seen in your life. Woo! Yeah. Let the power of God be seen in your life. I'll see you back in the morning. As my Judah J says, live at five. Love, peace, and blessings. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.